Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Friday, September the 30th, 2022. It is currently 6.42 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas, where I'm currently preparing, well, to go on vacation tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning, everything will be, hopefully all of my luggage will be packed. It will be in the trunk. I'll get in the car. I'll drive seven hours to Galveston. And then tomorrow, and then Sunday morning, I will end up on a ship and then we'll head towards Mexico and Honduras. And uh, hopefully it's going to be a fun vacation. But that means I'm going to be gone. That means there's going to be a delay in any new episodes in our Bible study exercise on the book of Amos. And I apologize for that, but I, I didn't want to leave without at least saying, hey guys, keep studying the book of Amos, keep reading it, keep utilizing all of the steps of the comprehensive book Bible study method that I've given you. Keep working through that. Right now you're in the chapter analysis portion of the study. Keep doing that. Prepare yourself for the, uh, the the book synthesis section of the study. Please keep doing all of that. Don't, I, I know that if we're not talking about it for a week, it can be easy for you to forget about it, but please don't. We've done so much work on Amos. Stay committed to it. But I also wanted to leave, so I wanted to turn on the microphone just to try to encourage you, plead with you, beg you, don't stop. All right, let's finish the book of Amos together. I I promise you, right here, I have with me, I I have my Bibles that I'm going to be taking with me. Um, I have notebooks. My, I already have a bunch of pencils, and I'm going to try every day. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it a commitment that no matter what else I do on vacation, that each day I'm going to wake up and do something right here in this journal. You can't see it. I'm going to do at least some kind of a devotional time. I'm going to try to start each day and end each day with doing something in the book of Amos. It may be reading something. It may be devotional. But I'm going, I'm going to do my best to stay committed to doing a little bit of work each day in the book of Amos. And I just, I hope, and, and, and I'm going to pray, I'm going to beg, I'm going to plead that you will do the same so that when I come back, we're all ready to continue our work in the book of Amos and we can see it to a dramatic conclusion in the month of October. And when it's all said and done, I hope you can honestly say, I learned more about the book of Amos from that podcast than I have anywhere else. That's what I'm hoping to accomplish. We will see. But, so I wanted to turn on the microphone to encourage. But I wanted to turn on the microphone to offer you a special assignment that I want you to work on for the week that I'm gone. I want to give you something else to work on, but it's related to the book of Amos, all right? It's related to the book of Amos, but I want to begin by kind of just placing it in a question form. I may offer this question in a number of different ways to kind of give you. I want to put forth an idea, and then I want you to work on trying to find the answer for that idea and the entire Bible. But the idea originates from our study in the book of Amos, especially Amos chapter 4. All right, here's the question. When is your worship? When is your attending church acceptable to God? 
And when is your worship, when is your going to church unacceptable to God? Like, are there some mornings that you wake up and you should not go to church? Because if you go to church, your worship and your church attendance is not going to be acceptable to God. It's not going to be pleasing to God. When are are there times going, nope, I'm just going to stay home. I should not go. When is it unacceptable to go to church? When is it unacceptable to worship God? Because there are times that in sermons and in preaching and in teaching, based on certain texts of scripture, they're like, you know, you shouldn't just show up with uh, to the house of God, uh, you know, anyway. You need to spiritually prepare yourself and you need to show up with a clean heart and with clean lips and with a clean mind. And I and, and that seems to imply that if you don't have a clean heart, you don't have clean lips, you don't have a clean mind, you shouldn't come to church. Now, I know that's maybe not what's intended But that's what comes across, especially when you look at certain passages of Scripture. Because in the book of Amos, in chapter 4, we have God speaking to Israel, and he's definitely condemning their worship. He says this, Amos chapter 4, look very carefully, verse 4, Amos chapter 4, verse 4. Come to Bethel and transgress. At Gilgal, Gilgal, multiply transgressions. And bring your sacrifices every morning and your tithes after three years. So God is calling them to Bethel. He's calling them to Gilgal. And he's telling them, look, he tells them to come to Bethel go and, and, and transgress at Gilgal. Multiply, multiply transgressions. Hey, come to these places. Now, Bethel and Gilgal, these are places that are set up for places of worship. And Bethel, they're worshiping the golden calf. And God is, in a sense, almost in a, we, we think it's somewhat possibly sarcastic. Others may say it just be a, like a statement of fact. Look, you, that's where you want to worship? You do, obviously, you're not coming to Jerusalem. Obviously, you set up a golden calf. If that's what you want to do, go worship and bring transgression upon yourself. Commit transgression, sin, in your worship. Come, come ahead. Go, come on. That's, go and do it. And the, the verse or the, the concept is spoken of more in verse four. Now, and please note, come to Bethel and Gilgal, transgress, multiply your transgressions, bring your sacrifices every morning, your tithes after three years, and offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving with leaven. Now, most commentaries and most preachers seem to go, oh, see, he's telling them to offer a sacrifice with leaven. What he's telling them to do is, hey, come, offer your sacrifice. Do it with leaven. Do it in a way that is forbidden. Leaven represents sin. Come and worship with your corruption, with your sin. Come on, come and do so. But we, we found out and we pointed out, but wait a minute. There's an interesting thing to note about offering a sacrifice, well, or offering a sacrifice of thanksgiving with leaven. And we find it in Leviticus. It says, besides the cake, he shall offer for his offering leavened bread with the sacrifice of thanksgiving of his peace offering. So here there seems to be offering up a leavened bread with the sacrifice of thanksgiving of his peace offering. So so was it acceptable to offer leavened bread with the sacrifice of thanksgiving? If it was, then God is not calling them to do something incorrect. 
It seems that God could be calling them to do all the right things, but you're transgressing because there's something wrong with your worship. And the reason we're, we're, we even are mentioning this, one of our listeners from Michigan, she did an amazing job and pointed this out. And when she pointed this out, I was like, oh, wow, I was all caught up in, wait a minute, can they offer this with leaven? Is that right? Is that wrong? Most of the preachers condemn it. How do we understand this? And basically, I'm going to quote with one of the things she said. If he's saying it's wrong, it would be like saying, go ahead, you're not doing it right anyway. That would be like a paraphrase. Hey, it's almost like, okay, hey, hey, you're already doing it wrong, so just go ahead and bring leaven as well. But this is what uh, she said, one of our listeners, again from Michigan, but I read it as keep doing all the right practices and think you're pleasing God, but it's all in vain because you're following your, you are following his design for your idols. It's like saying they look pious and practicing religion, following the rules, but the heart of the offering, the behavior and what they are worshiping is, is false. In other words, they're doing all the right things. They're offering up. And because please note all the things that are mentioned. Look, sacrifice every morning. Tithes after three years, we would have to maybe do a little bit of work on that phrase. Sacrifice of Thanksgiving with leaven, which seems to correspond with Leviticus uh, chapter 7, verse 13. Um, it says, what else? Uh, Proclaim and publish your free offerings. For this liketh you, O children of Israel, saith the Lord God. So it seems to be saying, and I think that there may be a little truth to this. Hey, go ahead, do all of the right things. Offer the sacrifices the right way at the right time. Bring the tithe at the right, do all the right things, but you're still transgressing because there's something wrong, inherently wrong with your worship. In this particular case, they're worshiping idols. They're worshiping something that is false. So what makes their worship false is not that they're offering the wrong things, They're offering the wrong things to the wrong, in a sense, God. It's a false God that they have created. What makes their worship false is not their sinfulness. It is their false worship and worshiping a golden calf in the wrong place. But there's other scriptures that talk about God not accepting accepting their worship not accepting their prayers, that when basically you lift up your hands and praise and worship and prayer, I turn away. I want you to find, this is what I want you to do. I want you to look in the Bible and find scriptures that seem to condemn someone's worship and scripture that seems to indicate what is, what is required for right worship. And then I, and then once you find these scriptures, here's the scriptures that seem to condemn people's worship. Hey, your worship, God is not accepting it. It's wrong. It's transgression. Figure out exactly what made their worship wrong. And then find the scriptures that seem to say, this is what's required for true worship. And then I want you to ask yourself, what does it mean for you and for me? Look, this is very important because a lot of sermons like this will take that. See, they were offering sacrifices to leaven, their worship. And, and, and how some people will say that they were offering sacrifices with leaven, meaning that they were coming to church. They were basically worshiping God, God with corrupt hearts, with sin. They, they were guilty of sin. They were ungodly. They were unholy. And therefore, God was not going to, their, their, their worship was a, a transgression to God. Well, if you, if you carry that to its logical conclusion, no one can come into church unless they are holy. 
Well, are you saying holy in a practical way or are you saying holy in our positional way? Because everyone shows up to church sinful, ungodly. Look, there's always things going on in my heart, in my mind, in my desires that is not acceptable. Does that mean that's it? Just put my Bible down. That's it. Stop praying. Stop calling out to God because I'm unclean. Or does it mean, no, go to God, but just go humbly. Go to God confessing. Acknowledge your struggle before to God. I think sometimes it's preached like, hey, oh, you come to church with a wrong attitude. And they, well, okay, then, then basically you're not to come to church. I don't know how that works in practice. I come to church covered in the perfect righteousness of Christ that's imputed to me, but I acknowledge my failure in my practical righteousness, and I come to church to learn and to be convicted so that hopefully I will grow in practical godliness. But what does the scripture say? Find the scriptures that say, look, God condemns their worship here. He condem- And find out why is he condemning their worship? Look deeply, because I think right here in Amos... Their worship is being condemned. I don't know if it's because of their actions, more is it because they're worshiping a golden calf. They've turned to idolatry, but they're bringing the worship of the true God. They're doing many of the right things, but just to the worship of the wrong thing. They're doing the right things, but worshiping the wrong thing. But maybe you're going to find other passages that seem to say, well, these actions make your worship unacceptable. Well, how does that how does that work practically? And does that does that does that same thing apply to the New Testament Christian who is covered in the imputed righteousness of Christ? So find all the scriptures that where God condemns someone's worship. Find all of the ones. Find uh, all the scriptures so that because then you can say and then find all the scriptures that seem to indicate what is required for God to be pleased and accept your worship. We, we, need to, we need an answer to this. Now, you can do a little bit of work there on, on Amos 4, a little bit more work on, okay, so bring your tithes after three years. Exactly what that's, what is that referencing? Bring your tithes after three years. What is that referencing? Um, I, I, think, I think this, and I, and I think this is a biblical thing. There was a tithe that was to be brought every three years, Deuteronomy 14, 28. Amos says, even if you were to bring your tithes every three years, it would not matter because it would only be an outward show. See, that, that, that tithe every three years, I asked you to do the work and then I start doing it for you. It actually is a right thing to do. I think all of the things he lists there are all right. The sacrifice with leaven is not a wrong sacrifice. It's a right sacrifice. Everything there is, these are all doing the right things. <laughs> but you're still transgressing because you're worshiping the wrong thing. So find all the scriptures that condemn worship and think, well, why is God condemning it? Look deeply and then look at all the scriptures saying God requires this for his worship, for worship to be accepted. And then ask yourself, okay, what does that mean for you when you go to church on Sunday? Because I think some people may feel like I'm never worthy to worship God. And I don't know. It's, it's like, what's the right message here? Instead of me telling you, you've got a week to work on it. I hope I find, I hope I come back and you guys have produced some really good stuff on this subject. All the scriptures that condemn worship, 
all the scriptures that seem to indicate what's required for worship, and then summarize what you have learned and see how that how does that apply in the New Testament concept of that we are covered in the imputed righteousness of Christ. I, my own personal feelings is I don't care how ungodly and how sinful you are, where you need to be is in church. Where you need to be is hearing the word of God. Where you need to be is hearing the gospel. But you tell me. Now, go, you can email me all of your c- conclusions, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. Now, remember, I may not respond in writing or even in broadcast form until like October the 8th or 9th because I'm going to be gone, but I will be checking email. And I, I want to definitely see what you have. And those on in Discord, I will should be able to check Discord some. So post it in the Discord channel and let me know what your thoughts are on this very important stuff. What were you taught? I would love to know what you were taught. Were you taught, don't, hey, if you go to church and you're not this, this, and that, and that, basically your worship is no good and God doesn't accept your worship. Well, then did that have an impact on you? Or were you taught, hey, it doesn't matter. You, you, the, the, you could have just burned someone's house down. Just come to church. It's okay. Like, like where was there a balance? Like, wh- what did you learn and how do you process these times where God condemns people's worship because there's clear times God can look at Isaiah if you need help to where to start your cross-referencing look at Isaiah he condemns worship strongly I mean in fact obviously right here in Amos he's condemning their worship so all the scriptures that condemn it all the scriptures that seem to say this is what God requires for true worship and then summarize what you've learned and then figure out how does that apply and I would like uh, I would like you to add your experience with this concept. Your experience with this. You can start with your experience, right? I give you the question, right? I, g- I gave you the questions, so you can start with your own experience, then do all of the looking up of scriptures, then your summary, and then your application. So, all right. Can't wait to hear from you. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. I've given you a special assignment so that you won't miss me too much while I'm on vacation. Please work on the assignment. Don't think it's just some throwaway thing. This is a serious, serious issue, and we need a biblical answer, not just a church answer. All right, thank you for listening. Can't wait to see what you do in your study. May God bless you as you study his word and as you continue to work on the book of Amos. May God bless you.